Good evening, everybody, and welcome back to Sports Medicine on Tap. I'm Jason Kopeck, coming to you from Neck of the Woods Brewing Company in Pittman, New Jersey, located inside the beautiful Total Turf Complex, South Jersey's premier sports and entertainment destination. Dr. Frey, happy to have you back. How are you making out so far this week? I'm doing great, Jason. How are you doing? Doing pretty good. Uh, we got a great topic for tonight where I think a lot of our brainstorming months ago uh, we were, you know, centering around having a lot of NFL injuries to happen, and uh, we had a pretty big headline over the last week or so. Yes, we did. Um, I think the big headline is centered around the the athlete, as opposed to the injury. Kind of obscure, a little bit cryptic, a little bit hard to figure out exactly what was going on. But um, pretty excited to be talking about one of our local or local flavor type athletes in uh, Carson Wentz. Albeit he's uh, he's moved on, he's gone to uh, another region but um, it certainly still has impact in this area. And who do we have with us tonight to talk about Carson Wentz? We brought back our foot and ankle specialist, Dr. Matt Brandt. Yeah, guys, thanks for having me. Appreciate you bringing me back. Dr. Brandt, just like uh, Steve said, this has an interesting you know, topic for it where Carson Wentz has some you know, local connections and a lot of us are still following his career pretty closely. It impacts um, what pick the Eagles wind up with. A lot of implications there. Um, so I, I know that we were, as Eagles fans, devastated to see uh, that he's going to be out for some time. But you, as a Redskins fan, felt differently. Oh man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Same division. I'm kind of torn. I, 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 I think Carson Wentz is a good guy, and I want him to do well, and I want him to succeed, and I think he's a better quarterback than, you know, his injuries have led him to be. But in the same sense, me being a Washington fan, uh, I don't want him to succeed as much as he sh- could to get a better draft pick for Philadelphia next year. But, you know, I want him to do well. So right. I'm kind of torn. I'm kind of torn between it. And he, he actually lived in this area, right? When he was in this region, when he played for the Eagles, he was living down here in South Jersey. Yeah, down the road. Where things are a little yeah. more a little more wide open. So there's a lot of that we know and there's a lot that we don't know. Um, and I'll run through what we know because it's pretty simple. Um, you know, second practice of training camp, he rolls out on one of the last plays of the, of the practice. And as he reported, felt a pop and, uh, you know, reported right to his medical staff. Uh, he was sought out uh, by a foot and ankle specialist that was the Colts had recommended to him. Um, and that was on the 29th. And then a few days later, we start hearing reports that uh, he's going to be out a very interesting timeline of five to 12 weeks. Yeah. Right. Um, and, and really the more information has been hard to come by since then. He elected to have surgery a few days later, which, you know, occurred on the 2nd of August. Dr. Brent, help us out. Take it from there. Yeah. So we're kind of speculating on what the injury actually was. Um, all we know, all we've heard is it was, you know, removing some sort of bone from somewhere in the foot, um, which could be a number of different places and different implications. You go a lot of different directions. Yeah, and depending on what 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 bone evolved, you know, in that area, um, depending on what ligament attaches to that bone and what tendon attaches to that bone, it could be, you know, something as simple as removing a, a, a piece of bone that was loose previously, you know, that could be, you know, quicker healing. Quick or recovery. Quick recovery. Bounce right but, back. Uh, but if there's a, a, you know, a ligament or a tendon attaching to that bone, um, it's going to be a lot longer time, fr- time frame to rehab that specific. Let, let me yeah. stop you there, too, before we continue. So uh, for our listeners and, you know, for you know, the wonderful audience down here tonight, explain what an avulsion fracture means. 
Uh, an avulsion fracture is when a ligament or a tendon traumatically pulls a piece of bone off you know, from itself in that area, secondary to the injury. And that can happen in a number of different places in the foot, uh, foot or ankle. So that's the trouble in what we're dealing with now is where, which bone was it and which tendon or ligament and that's where the mystery becomes, right? right. They, we haven't seen any reports about which bone it was involved. You know, and I kind of get the feeling they're not necessarily being cryptic about it. I think it's just a matter of they're describing it, but it's sort of so subtle or so so kind of minutia that that for the the average person they're not going to really know or understand exactly what it is anyway. So they're just kind of being general or vague when they're speaking about it towards the general public because, you know, once you start getting to some of the tarsal bones or the smaller bones in the in the foot, it's just, you know, you, you start to lose people, is my guess. But I would think from, you know, from our standpoint here at the table as medical professionals, and that doesn't mean I'm putting myself on your guys' level, but which bone was evolved probably makes a huge difference. Right, and that 5 to 12 week timeline is huge, and that's, you know, you have to wonder if that's, you know, was that really, you know, the guess of the surgeon doing that? Or was this, this like a Bill Belichick type, yeah, yeah. you know, kind of hide could everything? Could be back tomorrow, could be back next year. Yeah, you don't know. <laughs> I mean, I'll be honest with you, that was the first thing that crossed my mind. I mean, coming from a guy that, you know, I was the one sending your injury reports in every week. You know, there were there was some gamesmanship involved. You know, I, I would conveniently say all of a sudden our starting quarterback was questionable, you know, just to kind of... Put that little tidbit out there that oh, should we game plan for the backup or you know things like that five to 12 weeks is a, a pretty big stretch of time to to estimate right off the get-go i would think right yeah like i said i mean it's it's you know it, if it's truly just a piece of bone that became dislodged or became loose you know and you're just removing that bone and there's no you know real ligament or soft tissue attachment to it Maybe you're just pulling a piece of bone out of there that was just kind of moving around at the joint right. uh, or in a joint causing an issue. And that could be that could be a four or five, you know, six week recovery. Yeah, just let quick. the soft tissues heal, yeah. you know. But if it's something where there's an important, you know, ligament or tendon attached to it that has a function that's, you know, biomechanically pulling on that fragment that you need to repair that, you know, that soft tissue, that ligament or tendon along with it. That's where you're going into the 10 to 12 week. You know, that could be a lot longer. So. Let's dive into a little bit to the anatomy then. Um, what bone would be considered here to be more on the five-week, six-week timeline? Where could these avulsions and fractures have happened? So I think, you know, if you if he ended up, you know, they said that this could be an injury that could have happened a long time ago or happened in high school that got re-exacerbated or, or re-aggravated. So it could be a fracture fragment of, say, you know, whatever, a metatarsal base or somewhere near a joint they became dislodged when he stepped back and planted, you know, and now it's kind of moving around in the joint a little bit, causing irritation, inflammation, and some swelling. So if you can just remove that piece of bone that's in that joint, not dealing with any ligaments or tendons around it, you know, theoretically, maybe that's a four or five week thing, six right. week thing. Yeah. You know, but if there's, you know, like I said, if it's, if it's has anything to do with, you know, basically like a lever arm, like a pulley, uh, you know, a tendon attaching to it, it's going to be a lot longer recovery because you have to rehab to that. Yeah, you have to rehab that tendon. Right. So it's less about where the injury was as opposed to what was involved in the evolution. Yeah, exactly. I guess it can go in a bunch of different directions here. You know, we were talking a little bit as you know before we before we started recording. You know, we threw out a few different options, right? Like, with the, you know, could this potentially have been a sesamoid bone issue? A sesamoid bone being 
um, like your patella. Your patella is a, a bone that's contained pretty much within a tendon. And your patella is the largest sesamoid bone in your body. You have other sesamoid bones within your foot. Um, particularly, you have two that are right under the, the, the kind of the, the first ray of the great toe um, within the, the flexor hallucis long. One of the tendons within there. Could it have been a fracture of the one of the sesamoid bones? Could it have been a fracture of the base of uh, one of the something called the fifth metatarsal, which is one of the bones that longer bones that are in the foot, which is a notoriously pain in the butt bone to get to get to heal sometimes. What are some other potential options out there that this fracture could have been um, that you that you know that would sort of fit the description that we've been given generally? Yeah, so definitely could be a sesamoid, um, and, and, and the you know, the talk of removing a piece of bone. It could have been taking a piece of that sesamoid out, could have been removing an entire sesamoid. You have two sesamoids in that area. Yeah. The, the issue with removing a sesamoid or taking out a sesamoid is it's, you know, you have to be very careful to, you know, maintain everything around that sesamoid, the ligament, the tendon around that sesamoid, you know, and then it's a, a, a real specific physical therapy process to rehab that specific injury so that you don't end up with further deformity from removing that bone. Right. There's some literature out saying that that could be a four four month, you know, give or take a month injury, you oh, know, from removing a sesamoid. Assuming that's not the case, then, right? Yeah, the, the timeline so, we were given. So potential, you know, it, it could be, or it could be removing a piece of that sesamoid, right. you know, hoping for the best. It could be, like you said, um, removing a styloid process, which is taking out a piece of that bone fragment, which is the base of the fifth metatarsal on the outside of the foot where the perineal tendon inserts onto and say, you know, he stepped back and planted and the perineal tendon re-aggravated that old, you know, partially united fracture that he had from high school possibly. Um, so you could potentially pull that piece of bone out and depending on how much tendon is involved, you know, if there's not a whole lot of tendon involved, you know, possibly that could be a, you know, six, you know, four to six week, you know, type of injury. But if the tendon is involved, which likely would be, yeah. you know, it's like you have to, you have to anchor that tendon back into, you know, the fifth metatarsal base. Yeah. You know, once you take out, you take out the piece of bone that the tendon is attached to, you have to attach that piece of tendon that you've removed that bone from and re-anchor that into where it needs to be. Now, Liz Frank is something that we hear about all the time. Do you, do you think this could potentially have anything to do with the uh, Liz Frank ligament? Well, I mean, that's, initially I thought Liz Frank when I heard, you know, the report, um, right. the step back, planting, felt a pop. I mean, that sounds like Liz Frank. But um, and then I thought, you know, it's a lot of times when we look at an X-ray and you look at an X-ray from a, from an emergency room and it's we look for a little little, you know, space between the metatarsals yeah. and a little fleck of bone in that area. So a fleck of bone off of the base of the second metatarsal can indicate a Liz Frank injury. What, what does the Liz Frank ligament do for the foot? You know, it basically maintains the keystone of the arch of the foot. If you imagine the foot as an arch, you know, the arch of your foot, yeah. it maintains the arch and doesn't allow it to uh, basically flatten. If you rupture the, if you rupture the Liz Frank ligament, I mean, we could and we could talk for an hour on Liz Frank and different ways to treat it and what types of Liz Frank. There's a, there's, there's a lot of different variations of that. But I'm thinking we'll uh, wait for one to happen <laughs> and then yeah. probably just dedicate an episode to for that. For sure. Yeah. Right, what I first saw happening down the road. Right. So, I mean, if it was a Liz Frank, it, it, but it, I mean, it could have potentially been. So it could have been an old Liz Frank, an avulsion, an avulsion of the base of the metatarsal, the second metatarsal where the Liz Frank ligament attaches to. It was treated conservatively. You know, they it wasn't, it wasn't there was no space, so they, did, they didn't fix it surgically. You know, but if that's the case, they would have had to take that piece of bone out and they would have had to 
basically reconstruct the Liz Frank ligament as well. You know, and sometimes you use you know hardware like plates and screws. Sometimes you use little you know devices to kind of almost suture devices to repair it. But that that would be a lot longer time frame. And I don't, you know that that's that's twelve weeks or more. It's probably not the case. What, what do you think it is based on the information that we were given? So, given. The, the information that it could have been from high school, it could have been an old injury. A lot of times we'll end up with patients coming in and, and they have basically an accessory bone or, uh, or an avulsion fracture or an old avulsion fracture off of the navicular. You know, where the posterior tibial tendon inserts to kind of on the medial side of the foot, the majority of the tendon inserts onto the tuberosity of the navicular and the rest of it kind of wraps around to the plantar aspect of the foot. So sometimes the plantar, the uh, posterior tibial tendon can avulse off a piece of that navicular. And if it's acute, you know, sometimes that can be fixated. You know, sometimes, you know, you, you, you tr if it's big enough, but you try to treat this conservatively. So you hope that you treat it conservatively. That piece of bone heals back in by osseous union. Sometimes it's by kind of fibrous union. Right. And you can go for a long time. And you can, you know, you can become asymptomatic with so that. So scar tissue. Yeah, basically, you know, the, the bone doesn't quite grow bone across the gap, but it grows scar tissue across the gap, but holds it stable well enough. for a while. Right. Yeah. But, you know, it's like a lot of times we'll have people that have a, you know, either, either, and it's tough to tell sometimes, either an, an old abulsion fracture or an accessory bone in that area from when your growth plates were developing and your bones were developing, you can end up with, you know, basically a piece of that bone that didn't unite, that was supposed to unite as you were growing. Um, and so that there's, can... There's a cartilage bridge that remains between the two. Yeah, you can see a little separation or it looks right. like a little ex extra bone there, but... Um, you know that sometimes if you have a bad enough sprain or you injure that you injure that roll your ankle that can dislodge that piece and that fibrous union you had can then become you know symptomatic and painful because it's moving around it's kind of grinding on bone if you can think about you know the procedures you do on a weekly basis can you help like kind of narrow that gap in terms of because we now know that Carson Wentz was at practice today without a boot without a wrap does that help kind of be able to narrow things down for you? Well, I mean, I think that there must not have been a lot of, you know, soft tissue involvement to it. So either, you know, it's possible that they could have went in there, you know, opened that up and removed that piece of, you know, accessory navicular without disrupting the posterior tibial tendon. Typically, you have to reflect the posterior tibial tendon, open it up, you know, almost take that tendon off the bone, take that piece of bone out and anchor the tendon back in the navicular. How do you anchor it back down to the bone? Now you can use little absorbable anchors, titanium anchors. I mean, you know, I, I use a little 5 by 15 corkscrew anchor, put it in the bone and sink it into the bone. Right. And then four lengths of fiber wire come out and anchor that bone back into it. But What's fiber wire? Fiber wire is a very strong, you know, basically suture, you know, that that, uh, that you, you, you use to take that tendon and anchor it back onto the bone to hold it in place for a period of time until your body can kind of grow that scar tissue across. And then it's like, then it ends up that tendon is grown onto your bone and heals itself so that in time, the fiber wire, that suture is not, it's you know, that not, it's just there, yeah. you know. So, yeah, you know, like, so uh, I think a pretty close... Um, example would be you know trying to hang a picture on a wall um, if you don't have like a rope to hang a picture from if you're trying to hang it directly on the wall uh, the bone being the wall then you need you need to try to create something that you can hang hang it onto the wall with right and um, first if you just try to put a regular screw on the wall if that picture has any weight to it it's gonna pull out a drywall the drywall just isn't strong enough 
So first you have an anchor, which has a kind of big threads that can really bite into that bone. And then two, that anchor also has sutures, which come out the back of it. And those sutures can be used then to pass it through the tendon, um, because you can't just sew the tendon to bone. You don't have anywhere, anything to attach it to. If you have two ends of a tendon, you know, butting each other, you can just sew those together. But if you have a tendon that's supposed to go right up against the bone, you don't have anything to put the other end in. So you put the anchor in the bone, and then those sutures are fixed to the bone, and then you put the sutures through the tendon, and you can kind of suck or smash that tendon right down onto the bone, which you'll hold it in place until it, until it heals. Other Brent, can you make any sense of the fact that we saw him out there today without a wrap, without a boot, and at the same time, you know, the original report said five to 12 weeks. Five weeks puts us at week one of the NFL regular season. To this point, as, you know, as much research as I tried to do, I have yet to see that the Colts have brought in any type of quarterbacks for a workout. Um, I, you know, I, I don't know the level of their backups, but I don't know if they are prepared to go 12 weeks without a legitimate starting quarterback. And at this point, I haven't seen them, you know, really looking at other options. Would that make you think that this might be more along the lines of he'll be back by week one? Yeah, that's I mean that's two important points. They haven't brought anybody else in, and the fact that he was out there apparently without a boot today, um, not practicing but out there. Right. I mean, so that makes me think yeah, that you know wasn't practicing, but he, yeah, he wasn't there. practicing. But um, you know, so maybe it was just maybe it was just removing you know a piece of bone, and it's like it maybe it. Maybe it wasn't, you know, the accessory navicular or, you know, maybe he didn't have a kidner. You know, a kidner is a procedure of removing the posterior tibial tendon and anchoring back in. You know, maybe it was something, um, you know, another possibility of this could be, you know, sometimes we end up with, you know, and it could be congenital, it could be, you know, traumatic, uh, a posterior tailor fracture, you know, so... The, the tail is the backbone of the ankle, you know, right at the right. foot. It, it can have a little, you know, sometimes that can be symptomatic and that can dislodge and that can be loose and it could be something you were born with. It could be something that a piece of the tail is, yeah, that, you know, the posterior process of the tail is that fractured off and back, you know, some time ago that he re-aggravated. Maybe that was taken, you know, maybe they took that piece of bone out. And just removing that piece of bone, there's, there's no, there's no ligamentous or, or tendinous attachments to that bone. If it was just removing that bone, then then he could definitely be out there at this point with just a wrap walking around. Because at that point, you really only need, you know, the skin and the soft tissue to heal around that. I mean, it, it may have been. One of the linemen for the for the Colts, uh, all-star, all-pro linemen, um, uh, uh, Nelson, also apparently had the same exact surgery. I think it was the day after. The surgery was one day after. One Carson day after Wentz Carson Wentz had it. Yeah. But what, the, what was noted in his injury, you know, they said Carson Wentz probably did this in high school, and then it was re-aggravated at this point. And then with his particular injury, with Nelson's particular injury, this was probably, they, they said this was a congenital anomaly. He was born with this. And um, they talked about timeline, and they, they're saying timeline-wise that Carson Wentz looks to be on the shorter side of that five to twelve-week timeline, whereas Nelson appears to be on the, the the longer side of that five to twelve week. So that additional information does that sway your opinion or push you down the road of any of the particular entities that we just talked about? Um, and then also, does that? impact your thoughts on 
you know, maybe for Nelson they had to repair a tendon, whereas maybe for Wentz they could just, you know, scoop out the broken bone and didn't have to do much tendon work then. Yeah, or, exactly. If you don't mind jumping in, or is it just the fact that Nelson's 300 plus pounds? Good well, point. that too. <laughs> yeah, that too. That, that plays a role. Um, but yeah, I, I think that, you know, that... The fact that they say, you know, it was the same injury, same diagnosis, and they kind of threw out the, the word congenital, you know, possibility of congenital in, in, you know, the lineman, it's just like, I think that that narrows it down to it has to be, you know, part of the navicular, accessory, accessory, accessory navicular, navicular, you know, or, you know, in, that could also be, you know, the posterior talus, like, you know, he... They could have right, been born with an ostrigonum, which is the, the you know an accessory bone in the back of the of the talus that was just removed, and it's like it could have been you know maybe Carson Wentz had you know an, uh, the posterior aspect of his talus you know fractured and that was removed, you know and maybe you know maybe maybe they looked at the looked at the X-rays and the you know uh, the lineman's X-ray was more rounded and they thought you know that was you know something more congenital but. I, I still think that, you know, given given that, the fact that they had the same, you know, diagnosis, same kind of timeline, I, I mean, I'm leaning towards it's the navicular and exposure to tibium. Probably Carson Wentz, they, they may have had, had less tendon involvement, didn't have to reflect as much of the tendon, you know, and maybe, you know, in the second surgery it was, you know, they had to take, detach the tendon and then reattach it completely. Yeah. So I don't know how much time we need to find out, you know, I don't know if we'll ever know if it exactly was in the navicular. I don't know if the Colts will ever release that information, sure. but um, I think the three of us, you know, we're in a unique spot here in that, the, you know, we three were in the, uh, you know, friendly, albeit competitive uh, fantasy football league last year. <laughs> so, you know, Dr. Frey, let me ask you this. Where were you on Carson Wentz, say, a month ago? If he had fallen to you, you know, where, where you, where, yeah, where you, it all depends on draft strategy, right? Yeah. So, so my feeling on draft strategy is if you can get one of the absolute stud quarterbacks very early, then then maybe you take a risk because they can really help your team. And if you don't get one of those top two or three absolute stud quarterbacks, I typically wait to later in the draft. Would you have thought of him a month ago as your starter, or would you have looked at him in the maybe 14th a year round? or two ago? Right. I would have put him in that category. Yeah. I hate to say, after the last year, I'm going to read a couple injuries here. <laughs> we have we we have a, a list of some Carson Wentz. Maybe a sleeper history. pick. Maybe a sleeper See, pick. That, right. That's kind of where I was going. Like. I was wondering if he was going to have a bounce back year. He was reunited with Frank Reich. Was it going to be, hey, I'm going to get him in the 12th round as my starter. 2015, hand wrist fracture. 2016, chest rib fracture. 2017, knee ACL tear, grade three. 2018, back vertebral fracture. 2020, concussions. 2021, foot injury. I agree. I understand your point. You know, if, if, you're, if, if he's there very late, this is the kind of thing that wins you a draft, right? right? Like you get, you get, you know. You load up everywhere else. Load up everywhere else, yeah. then you get this and stud yeah. for free right. later on. And he does have that kind of potential. We think, you know, athletically, he's gifted, he's reunited with Frank Wright. We saw it in 17. Right. We saw what could have been. We saw what could have been. 
But on the other side of that, don't go burning your draft early. There's a lot of risk there. It's also the same thing that could potentially ruin the draft, right? You burn a higher. Yeah, but this this could also be, you know, you could, you know, I don't want to give away too many too many of my strategies here. It's <laughs> sure. the same debated even coming on this talking about this. <laughs> but uh, you know, this this you know potentially, you know, I wish we knew more about it, but it could potentially you could get him in a steal, right? Because you know, yeah, of course, it's Carson Wentz and he got injured again, and you know, it's like you know, yeah, he can't trust him but I mean it's like if it's just taking out a piece of bone if it's just removing a piece of bone I mean he could be ready week one week two yeah. and you know it could be a steal and he's that was a new the, team new start fresh yeah. start and that was my big question for you was how does this injury affect let's say Dr. Frey's thoughts on you and, know his draft position full disclosure here man does it, does it get even worse can, can he go from the 32nd ranked quarterback last year to even worse this year <laughs> even worse. Well, I was going to say, full disclosure, right? You were on the last time we did Achilles tendon tears. And, and that there's a lot of crossover between um, sports medicine uh, treats Achilles tendon tears and foot and ankle treats Achilles tendon tears. And I felt like I had a pretty good uh, knowledge, uh, fund of knowledge in terms of talking about that particular injury. But this particular injury, I don't know too much about it. It's a surgery I've never done, assuming that it is the accessory navicular. So, so yeah, I, I agree with you, Jason. Man, what what are the implications here? Does he get back to 100? Um, percent Is there a chance he goes down from last year? Is there a chance he goes up from last year? Yeah, I mean, it's the, that, that's the problem. It, you know, we're we're banking on the fact that you know we think it's the accessory navicular. You know, it's like if it's an accessory navicular and it was just taking out that piece of bone, right. that could mean nothing to him. And and you know, by week three, it could be nothing at yeah. all. You know, if it was a piece of, you know, metatarsal from the Liz Frank ligament complex that, you know, that Liz Frank's been kind of... Not quite be the same. Unstable for years playing through, you know, playing for, you know, since high school. That could that could be, you know, arthritic changes and, you know, the, the level of physical demand that he's playing at, it could be causing more trauma down the road. It's like, then what is his, you know, what's his prognosis long-term? You know, it's like, but if it's just removing a piece of bone, you know, it could mean nothing. You know, long term. It almost just sounds unfortunate, right? Like, I, I didn't want to see him go out there and fail. Um, you know, he's, he's a good guy, but all yeah, accounts, he, right? Yeah, he, he, you know, it, it almost seemed like a fresh start for him. He was going to go out there and prove himself. Mm -hmm. Just bad luck. Yeah, I mean, he 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 obviously had something going on. I mean, whether it was whether it was something you know accessory, you know, congenital, whether it was you know. That, 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 you know, an old fracture that, you know, he re-aggravated. I mean, it's like, it's not like he's a featherweight out there, yeah. you know. He, he's, he's a big boy, and it's right. like you're putting a lot of stress through that. And, you know, if he had an old injury, it's not, it's not, it's not yeah. coming to aggravate them. I, th I think this actually approaches on a pretty controversial topic. Are some people more injury-prone than other people? And I think the general consensus is that um, some people just have worse luck than other people. But I got to tell you, you know, as, as, as I think about it and as I see patients and as I, as I progress in my career, I think there may be something to it that some people are a little more injury prone. Some people are more flexible than others. Some people are just stronger, right? Like this guy could be really built and in great shape or this lady can be really built and are in great shape and this other person not quite the same physique, but they can just generate more power, right? Some people are just more athletically gifted and talented. Some people have better proprioception. And whatever the makeup is, whatever the combination is, I think that some people just 
are able to protect themselves from injury a little better than right. some other I think people. style of play also. Right. Me being a Washington fan, talking about my great hope, RG3. Right. You know, he just he was did, on not, his way, man. did not know how to slide, just took massive hits. I don't know if it was all his fault. I Every drive. Well, even when he would take off and run, and he was like electric, and he was, you know, looked unstoppable, but he would never slide and right. just get crushed. Yeah. You know, and it's like... Carson Wentz wasn't, he, did, he, he, he didn't did, really quite protect himself either, you know, right. a lot of the times. You know, lot, when he tore his ACL, it was, it was, you know, that going was a heroic it. play. Yeah, yeah. Going for Diving it. head first. Yeah. You know, and then you can't really right. anticipate someone's going to kind of tail right. you. And, you know, but you it's, know. Yeah, Rand, yeah. Randall Cunningham never slid really either, as far as I can remember, but he was able to avoid it. Some people, wasn't even. It? Wasn't it Michael Vick? They were uh, when he was down him in Atlanta. Too. They were bringing in couldn't teach uh, him how to slide. They they were bringing in the players from the Braves right. to teach him <laughs> how to slide. Uh, yeah. He just uh, he physically couldn't do it. It was just something he wasn't used to. But some people just can avoid the big hit, can brace whatever it is. You know, yeah, like you know how to just take absorb that hit. Absorb yeah. the hit. Some people don't. Yeah, but I mean sometimes it's just you know you yeah. can't avoid this step back and plant this yeah. this injury. You can't Tom, avoid that. So Tom Brady, right? Like so, so gets through the, the vast majority of his career really without any significant injury. He did, he did get it once, right? Like it was just like that is, in my opinion, the bad luck injury. A guy who's pretty yeah. injury resistant who tore his ACL at one point. But I feel like other guys that are these kind of injury prone, I, I think there is something to it. Yeah. To relate this to uh, real time a little bit, we just did. I don't. Know, I think it was twenty five ish uh, entrance physicals today for collegiate sports. You know, for, for our listeners, is this something that could have been picked up on a physical? Because I know, you know, firsthand that these guys are going through a battery of testing when it comes to the NFL. It, this is something that just you don't know it until it happens. Yeah, no, this is this. Yeah. I mean, for, I kind of knew the answer, but I wanted you to kind of talk about yeah, it. If they, yeah, I mean, if this is, you know, what we think it is or, you know, one of the injuries we think it is, then no. Right. You know, it's like. Unless you're saying that this person had pain or tenderness or had pain in that specific spot, then no. I feel like um, you gave me that look like, what are you, crazy? Like, of yeah. course not. Like, <laughs> no, I mean, I think because a lot of times, you know, like we, you know, it's like we, we take x-rays or MRIs or CT scans and we, 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 you know, find these ancillary things that, you know, are completely asymptomatic, which, you know, in the next patient in the room over is, you know, is what they're here for, you know. So this is one, you know, that accessory navicular or old you know, ununited fracture. I mean, that you could you could you could go your whole life with that. Yeah. But then all it takes is one, you know, yeah. twist, one one misstep. bad turn, one misstep, and it's amazing know. how sports injuries always just relate back to physics. You know, <laughs> X amount of force and an X amount of position, and yep. something Lever something's arm. bound to give at some point. In the world of orthopedics, I remember being a resident and, and being, or actually a medical student, and being so surprised by that, like that there there are fracture patterns mm -hmm. things tend to break the same way each time and it depends on the amount of force the position of the limb but it happens the same way bone grows in certain ways has strength in certain points and there are repeat recurrent fracture patterns and then and then learning that there are um, uh, classifications oftentimes based on those fracture patterns and whatnot and yeah it, it, it really gets right down to physics and I remember being very surprised I just assumed you know, something happens and it's just totally random and, you know, this thing just blows up. Right. But it doesn't usually work like that. It's amazing, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah, so in the end, uh, you know, we still have to just kind of take a guess of what what this injury was and we, we really we really can't give a specific timeline of what it was, but... So if, 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 we, if it turns out we're correct in that assumption, 
accessory navicular that doesn't sound like they did too much tendon work. And you have to guess. You're put on the spot. What week is he coming back? Week one, week two, week four? If the tendon wasn't involved or yeah. minimal minimal tendon was involved, if they didn't have to use an anchor to re-anchor that tendon, I'll say that. If they didn't have to use an anchor, um, then he could be back, yeah, week one, week two. Okay. But if there was an anchor involved, if they had to reflect tendon and, and re-anchor that tendon, because if you have to anchor that tendon back down and allow the tendon to heal, you have to allow four to six weeks for the tendon to heal and then rehab that muscle, you know, After. beyond that. Yeah. You know, so if no, if I had to guess, given the fact that, you know, they, they gave that, that prognosis and he was out there today walking around with no boot, not practicing, but out there walking around, maybe he will be back week one, week two. Maybe they just removed a piece of bone. Yeah. You heard it here, folks. Put it in the bank. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just want to remind everybody, we're, we're, we're just sort of speculating and guessing. We don't actually have any of the access to uh, Carson Wentz's um, medical files, or we don't know any of the details, but we're just doing our best to, you know, do some sleuth work here and sort of deduce what is going on and make our best guess. I right, feel but, like the, but stay away from him in the draft. Right? Yeah, don't worry, I, about, I, it. Don't worry about it. Dr. Branch being just as mysterious as the Colts, right? Like, <laughs> right. we're going to get the draft night and all of a sudden he's going to pop up and take him in like the sixth round, <laughs> right. Right? right? He's going to be like a former MVP. Right? <laughs> exactly. You're like, damn it, how'd yeah. you win it this year? <laughs> all right, Dr. Brand. Well, we, hey, we can't thank you enough for hopping back on with us tonight. Oddly enough, we have a, a special guest in the crowd, so we're, I think we're going to kick Dr. Brent out, and uh, we're going to bring in this guest before we go ahead and close out our tab tonight. Yeah. All right, guys. Thanks for having me. What What are you uh, What are you guys having tonight, at Frank's? Before I leave, my my new favorite here is one of their new sours they just released, the watermelon lime. Uh, it, it's a fantastic drink. Goes down, you know, nice and summery drink here on a hot August. 90 degree night. We've talked about this one already. It's like drinking candy. It's, it's like delicious. it's like three, you know, three weeks in a row been going with this. It's, it's fantastic. I know. I I, I actually had a uh, I got a growler of it before I went on vacation, and just kind of drank it the whole week while I was on vacation. So now, tonight I'm changing it up a little bit, and I went with one of the newer beers on here. It's one of the lagers called Chupta, and um, I have to say it's delicious. I didn't. It's the first time I've seen it on the list. Um, uh, I'm excited for what they, uh, they on the menu here we have what's called uh, on deck and every week the last two weeks I've come in here to talk about there's one called guess who's back uh, a, a golden coffee stout and I'm just I'm, I'm waiting I'm yeah. waiting for it and it, so the report I got today is that it'll be available in the next day or two so I just missed it what about you? I'm having the sour fun. Mm. I'm a big fan of sour beers. But Frank's, stay in the car, Frank. That's one of my favorites. That's too. Like standard, man. Oh, yeah. But all right. all right, guys, thanks for having me. Thanks for bringing me back. Dr. Brack. It's always a pleasure being here. Thank you, man. We'll talk right, to you soon, guys. Right? Thank you. And as we said earlier, we had a fantastic crowd down here tonight at Neck of the Woods. And uh, it looks like Dr. Frey had uh, handpicked a, a guest to come on with us. And you know, Mr. Patrick Nolan, I saw you out there in the crowd and I thought, hey, let's get him on the, in front of the mic and thank you for joining us tonight. It's my pleasure. It's happy to be down here seeing how the sausage is made. Tell us what you do. I am the Chief Operating Officer at Inspira Medical Center, Mullica Hill. I've been with Inspira for about six years. Um, native of Dallas, Texas. You can start the cowboy jokes whenever oh, you would like. Oh, <laughs> uh, Second favorite team is the Baltimore Ravens, which I know makes Dr. Frey as a Steelers fan plenty happy. I'm about to cry. Uh, so, I have enjoyed South Jersey. I freely admit I missed the Shenandoah Valley in Virginia, where I was from before this, but uh, uh, came to Inspira to build a new medical center and had a great run. I very much enjoyed it. Very much enjoyed getting to know Dr. Frey. 
Uh, and it's, uh, it's a great place to live, and it's a great hospital to receive care in. If we can get into a little bit, Dr. Frey, how do you know Mr. Nolan? Pat came down. He joined, uh, well, at that point, what was uh, Underwood Memorial Hospital, previous mm-hmm. hospital here in, the, in another town, Woodbury. Yeah. And uh, at that point, another hospital system had acquired that particular hospital. It then became um, in Spear Medical Center in Woodbury. And then Pat has done the phenomenal work of, of building a brand new hospital here in Mullica Hill, an extraordinary place. It's, it's beautiful. It's fantastic. Um, it's really a f- phenomenal setup. And um, what, about a year and a half ago, maybe two years ago? We, we opened in December of 2019 and, yeah. and shut down all of Dr. Frey's outpatient surgeries in March of 2020. Yeah, um, yeah. Open a been, new hospital and then COVID hits. <laughs> but I tell you, it was a, it was a godsend for us. Uh, as, as Dr. Frey said, and Spirit Medical Center Woodbury was, uh, uh, was let's say it's outdated, outdated uh, in yeah. a lot of its technology, semi-private rooms, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And uh, moving into to Mullica Hill with an all-private room model um, and just what we can do for the safety of our patients uh, and employees in that building is just miles and miles ahead of where we would have been in Woodbury. And so when COVID came, uh, it was a blessing we were in the new building. We were able to, to keep everybody safe, as, as we'd like to think. We're the safest hospital in New Jersey right now because we're the newest hospital in New Jersey. To put you on the spot a little bit, did you know we were going to be doing this tonight? Uh, you you know, I, came, I came down really to watch you guys. Yeah. Uh, I have listened since the beginning. Great. Right. Uh, I think you know, I think the world of Dr. Frey. Uh, he did surgery on my wife's ACL, and uh, and she's up and running with her bionic knee now. Mm-hmm. So uh, I just really wanted to see what it was all about. I've listened to all of your episodes, uh, and so I wanted to see. So, so then you know, on. we we've had some we've had some professional athletes. We've had other doctors on. You know, at this point, and I got to admit, right now, you—I have never been more intimidated by a guest than I am right now. I mean, you are by far the nicest dressed guest that we've had on so far. But just because I have a coat on, but uh, and obviously you've been drinking too much. If, uh, right. You think I'm the most impressive guest you've had? Well, these, I have listened these, uh, to your show. Yeah, these 7.8 watermelon sours go down pretty nicely. But uh, I had a flight and enjoyed every one of them. So, in spirit, you know, it's a huge name down here in South Jersey. Um, you know. Tell us a little bit more about the practice. So Inspira is uh, really three hospitals down in Vineland, Elmer, and now in Mullica Hill, and the two health centers in Bridgeton and in Woodbury. The the Bridgeton and Woodbury really focus uh, heavy on satellite emergency departments and then our behavioral health platforms at both facilities. Uh, Roughly 6,700 employees taking care of the community's needs. Uh, One of the, I think, the interesting things about us is is the residency programs that we have. At, At Mullica Hill, we just began offering internal medicine, family medicine, transition year and emergency medicine residency programs. But down in Vineland, they've been doing it for for 10 years and have over 150 residents. So when we're fully loaded at Mullica Hill, between Mullica Hill and Vineland, we'll have 250 plus residents uh, in South Jersey, training them with high quality physicians like Dr. Frey with the goal of of keeping these folks in our community. So uh, we are community teaching hospitals, uh, and, and I think that's a real special thing for, for South Jersey and probably something people don't know a lot about. Right now we're located at Total Turf uh, Experience, a fantastic sports center, um, and it's literally five minutes down the road from Inspira Mullica Hill. Um, we also have the, the, the benefit of proximity of, of, of you know, Rowan uh, University College is basically essentially next door and across the street from Inspira. Any any indication of where some of those ties or some of those relationships might be headed? Well, you know, I think we're going to continue to to expand upon those, uh, Dr. Frey. You know, we we built the hospital on land that was owned by Rowan, right. so certainly the, the proximity and the ability to create different partnerships along the way. 
Um, you know, three of our uh, practice leads for our residency programs are Rowan faculty, Rowan practitioners, and uh, we're delighted to have that relationship and continue to look forward to uh, what it can be in the future. Right. No, I, I think I got to say, for somebody that's here at Total Turf uh, on a daily basis and covering a lot of their sporting events, it's just been an amazing option to have you guys right down the road. Um, you know, unfortunately, fortunately, however you want to look at it, but just having you guys three minutes down the road, you know, there's nights, weekends where we unfortunately have to use your services, I guess, fortunately, from a business standpoint, but, um, you know, from an athletic trainer that's in charge of that emergency action plan, I can't even really begin to explain to you how differently it changes when in that write-up that we produce, that hospital is right here. Right. And when you have to explain to a parent, we're sending your child, where is it located? Where do I make a right out of here, just go down, make a left of the light. You, you, you won't You're right miss there. It. Yeah. It's amazing. Well, I appreciate you saying that. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a great location. We certainly looked at a lot of different locations uh, when we went to pick a greenfield site to build off of. Uh, it's a 100-acre site. We have 40 more acres to build on and certainly looking at what opportunities we have in the future. But um, I'm delighted to hear that we're able to meet your needs and, and that proximity to you for your the people you work out with and yeah. uh, take care of is, is wonderful to hear. And, and certainly not even just from a location standpoint, I mean, have never heard nothing but amazing feedback about the services they receive there. And I think that's probably more important to talk about than just, well, they're conveniently located right down the road. People are happy. Absolutely. Yeah. We appreciate it. It's, it's uh, you know, it's, I talked to somebody not that long ago about, would you do it again? And, and I'm not sure. I mean, it was four years, uh, the day I started in Spears, the I day bet. the board and approved the building of it. Uh, we spent a year designing it and then, you know, two and a half, three years building it, um, you know, change every process, every job description, everything you can think of that goes into a hospital. End result, it's fabulous. It's all right. new technology. Uh, it has helped us draw great providers like Dr. Frey. And that's really what it's all about is can we provide the care local? Can we keep you in our community and provide the, the kind of, of care that you're looking for? And so you don't have to cross the bridge. And that's really what we're all about. Yeah, Dr. Brandt right here, strong, strong um, uh, physician who also does an awful lot of cases over there. And we do appreciate every one of them. Yeah. Well, how about Dr. Frey? How, how often are you there? At this point, actually, I do a fair amount of outpatient surgery. Okay. I tend to be there two to three times a month. And um, the days that I'm there, you know, pretty busy days while I'm there. And then I also cover the emergency room and, and I have patients that are admitted over there. You know, as a group, we, we span a few different hospital systems. But I, in particular, while I take call at a few different systems, I only have block time at, at, at one. And it's, it's at Inspire. I've been, I've been part of the Inspire family and the Inspire network for, for quite some time now, essentially since, essentially since coming out of fellowship. So um, I think it's great, man. Like, it's, you know, here we are, we're, we're doing the show, and then there you are hanging out, having a couple beers and, and, and observing. Like, it's, it's yeah, we're fortunate. Trying, it I'm trying to go to all the different places to provide right. beer in our community and test them all out. <laughs> um, there's, a, there's a picture on me on LinkedIn right now having uh, wings and beer at Mount Royal Inn. So, uh, <laughs> so I'm we're particularly talking about. proud of that. Right. Dr. Frey is actually, he's, he's low playing his impact. He's been on our, our executive committee for surgical services since I've been here and is very active in in what we have going on in the OR and has been a key in, in us working through improvements that we needed to make to to make the physician experience better, to turn the rooms faster, to make the uh, patient experience better, uh, which has helped us to grow. It's all and about helping the patients. It's all about helping the patients. Right. 
Well, from somebody that spent 30 years of his life down here in South Jersey, can, you know, can't thank you enough for all your efforts and you know making Inspira such a strong part of the South Jersey community. It's, it's, it's my pleasure. And I thank you guys for giving me a few minutes to chat with you guys. Yeah. I love what you guys are doing and I look forward to listening to more episodes. Right. Sounds great. Thank you so much. Before we take off for tonight, we want to go ahead and thank our sponsors, Reconstructive Orthopedics, with our eight locations and our focused on you approach, covering all of your orthopedic needs. The Energy Lab, South Jersey's premier sports performance destination. Of course, Neck of the Woods for hosting us each and every week. And our friends at Timber Reel Productions, Joe Warner, our on-site producer, Kyle Miller-Eddard. Thanks a lot for joining us tonight, and we'll see you next time. Dr. Frey, thanks a lot. Have a good night.